Have you ever noticed that podcasts are a little like sharks? When they stop swimming, they die, and they can both smell blood from a mile away. So in the spirit of keeping swimming, I'd like to introduce you to TOS Plus. Putting my business pants on for a second, TOS Plus is our new premium membership thingamajig. It's the all-access pass to a growing library of exclusive horror, sci-fi, and WTF audio fiction, along with access to the regular TOS weekly stories in higher quality, a week early, and ad-free. Once again, that's exclusive episodes, ad-free, a week early, and higher quality audio. You'll also get access to the brand new TOS Plus Vault, where you can grab our ebooks, comics, and desktop wallpapers and all sorts of stuff. All of this is available today via our Patreon campaign, which includes juicy extras like Discord access, audiobooks, and merch. And if you're an Apple user, you can subscribe directly via the Apple Podcasts app. We're now in our eighth year of the podcast, and we've got so many cool projects on the boil none of which would be possible without the ongoing support of our listeners, specifically our premium subscribers, our super-powered patrons, and the many multi-dimensional voodoo priests air-guitaring to the TOS intro jingle. For more, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash plus. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
Welcome to our latest patrons of The Other Stories. These kings and queens opened up a hole in the space-time continuum and climbed out of my fridge freezer this morning with gifts of frankincense, myrrh, and by supporting our Patreon account. King Nathan Abamalek of Dimension X, Emperor David Tolbert from the outside in, and Queen Leanne Bailey, who graces us from the land of way, way far away. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and patronage. If there's any other royalty out there and they fancy gracing us, then they can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledging from as little as a dollar a month. There they will get access to bonus episodes, ad-free early access to the regular episodes and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Also, submissions are now open. We want your stories. So if you think you've got what it takes to terrify, scar and haunt our audience, then we want your stories. If accepted, we will get our fantastic narration team to lend their voices. Our editor will sprinkle some magic pixie dust on the track. And he'll do some audio editing as well. And you can have your story heard by thousands of listeners each week. Submission guidelines can be found at www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions. Once again, that's hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions. Today's story is Beasts of Jameson Forest, written by Jason Adair and narrated by Justin Fife. Are you sure this is a good idea? She ignores me, again. This is expected. She's used to my excessive paranoia and anxiety. She's learned to ignore it, and I have learned to ignore her ignoring me. There are a few hours until sundown and already the forest has a grim darkness to it. We've been stomping through the muddy forest for hours, my complaints simply bouncing off the back of Katrina's blue-haired head and floating off without reply. I know the stories of the haunted forest of Jameson are current location all too well. Unassuming hikers are snatched up by dastardly ethereal creatures wandering the forest. Sure, a few people have gone missing in the area over the years, but... People disappear all the time for many reasons. The notion that some vengeful ghost was snatching up adventurous hikers was pure nonsense. I don't believe in dangerous ghosts, but I do believe in dangerous people. Kat scoffed at my concerns about our safety when she planned the trip, and now, here I am, slogging along with her. I'm her manly protector, as the joke goes. I'm sure I wouldn't be her first choice for a male companion in a dangerous situation, but I try. Lost in thought, I hardly notice the change in surroundings until I get whomped in the nose by a tree branch. We are no longer in the sparsely populated woodland. Now, in the thick of the bush, I grab onto Kat's backpack as she leads the way, unflinching. I keep my head down to avoid branches to the eyes. We march on for what seems like an eternity. Suddenly, I run into her back. She has stopped. Oh, damn, look at this, she exclaims. We stand in a clearing of a few hundred feet. Smack in the middle stands a wary, warped house. It is slightly askew, as if one side is sinking into the ground. It has been overtaken by nature. Glass has been punctured out of the windows by tree branches. Moss is greedily climbing along every wall, and scores of spiders have built intricate webs in every corner. Wood is splintered, and in some sections completely broken. I know right away that Katrina will not be appeased with simply viewing the exterior. She grabs my hand and drags me towards the front door. What if someone lives here, Cat? We can't just walk in? I protest. Joe, no one lives here. It's just some abandoned old house, she replies. 
and then turns to look at me with a devilish smile. It's perfect. I know what that means. She wants to stay the night. I thought we were just going to find a creepy spot to camp. Did you know this place was here? I ask. Nope, just fate. We fling aside the broken screen door. My feet kick up dust at every step. There is a noticeable lack of graffiti, beer bottles, and used condoms, which adds to my unease. Usually, kids find abandoned places like this pretty quickly and use and abuse them for their own nefarious purposes. That means that this place is either a relative unknown or people are staying away. For my own sanity, I'm going to assume the former. A peeling Victorian-era painting of a stoic-looking woman hangs askew in one of the upstairs rooms. Her pale eyes burn into ours, seemingly warning us that we should not be in this place. Even Cat feels uneasy, and we leave that room quickly. The kitchen has some tins that have been knocked about and chewed by animals. Otherwise, the house is empty. As the darkness begins to fall upon the house, and with Katrina's curiosity quenched, we lay out our sleeping bags in the middle of the main floor, and we talk into the night. Cat jumps from topic to topic casually while I listen and try not to think about where I am. Eventually, sleep overtakes me, but not easily. It must be 2 a.m. when I hear the moaning. I shoot up in my sleeping bag, eyes wild like a cornered animal. I look over to see Katrina awake, hair hanging over her face. She is still in her sleeping bag, but her hands are planted on the floor, shoulders tense like a cat. I try to make sense of the otherworldly sound. It's like an eerie mixture of a deer moaning in pain and a pregnant woman in the throes of the birthing process. It's coming from the basement, I think. Katrina squeaks. Basement? What basement? There was no door to a basement. Katrina gets down on her hands and knees and puts her ear to the floor. The moan is louder, and Katrina stumbles onto her back. It's definitely coming from the basement. I start pacing, unsure of what to do, what to say. Katrina suddenly breaks the deafening silence. Joe, she whispers. Come here, now. I stumble over to where Katrina sits and see that she has pried back the carpet. She shines her flashlight towards her discovery. I felt the handle under the carpet when I fell back. A trap door leading to the basement. Katrina, don't, don't fuck with me, okay? That's one of your friends or something down there, right? Kat tilts her chin down, her eyes welling with tears. It's a look I had seen before just a few times, but I know what it means. This is no setup. Something is down there. So, so what do we do? I stammer. I don't know. She gets up and paces, biting her nails. We can't leave now. It's too dark. And we'll just get lost in the forest. Maybe maybe we should just go down there and find out for ourselves. It's, it's probably just an animal in distress, right? Kat had not allowed phones on the trip, as they kill the fun. She assured me that the forest was surrounded by a highway, just a day's walk in any direction if we get lost. But that didn't help us now. She's right. 
We don't have a choice. It's probably just an animal. The trap door opens with a loud click. Cat slowly makes her way down the stairs first while I stand above, bouncing on my heels and trying to keep my pants dry. I can't see anything. We have to go down. Shit, I whisper as I lower myself down the stairs behind Cat. We wander slowly through the basement, our heavy breathing the only audible sound. I shine my light under the far corner and it catches movement. I squeal and drop my light, grabbing onto Cat. She holds her ground and shines her flashlight in the direction of the movement. I squint at the creature huddled in the corner. It is quite large, with mounds of tangled brown fur. Katrina edges toward it. I grab her sleeve, but she shakes me away. As she gets closer, I see the creature in more detail. It lies chained in the corner of the room, knees pulled up to its stomach, turns its chin towards the light, and the facial features seem to be an amalgam of animal and human. For a brief second, the eyes open. They are hazel, like mine. Joe, it's in pain. It's just an animal in pain. I take a circuitous route behind Cat and bump into a table. I shine my flashlight down to reveal syringes and beakers. There's a notebook on the edge of the table. I grab it and flip it open. Notes of Dr. Stewart, I read aloud. Day one. The pain is excruciating, and the changes come rapidly and without warning. There is need for... I am interrupted by the sound of loud, heavy footsteps pounding the floor above us, heading quickly from the front door to the trap door leading straight down to us. Katrina and I freeze and shine our lights in each other's faces. Hide over here! She beckons me to follow her. We turn off our flashlights and jump behind some boxes underneath the stairs. A tall man comes down the stairs and approaches the creature. We have to do something. He's going to hurt it, Katrina whispers. I grab her shoulder and squeeze, vigorously shaking my head and trying to urge her to stop. There's two of us and one of him, she continues. No, I whisper with as much authority as I can. She starts to move and I grab her, shifting the boxes in the process. The man spins around and stares directly at us. Katrina stands up boldly. Hey man, you can't do this. She speaks in a ferocious tone, though her voice quivers. Do what? He asks, his voice like midnight radio static. You can't hurt that. What What the hell is that thing anyways? The man looks over his shoulder at the creature then back at Katrina. His lips stay sealed, his face blank. Well, we saw your notes. We know you're experimenting on it. Katrina screams, tears forming in her eyes. I find myself standing as well, trying to look brave. It's, well... The man takes a long pause. It's my wife. Katrina and I freeze. She is Dr. Stewart, not me, the man continues. She is sick, stricken with disease all over. She had hoped to find a cure with these injections she's been giving herself out here, something to do with animal DNA. Obviously, it made her into, well, this. 
The man leans over the creature and it slinks away from him. She probably chained herself up so that she wouldn't hurt anyone, he says. I'm surprised she made it to the cabin. She's been missing for days. It's been all over the news. Haven't you heard? Kat and I look at each other and shake our heads in unison. She's dying now, the man says. She was going to die anyways, but it looks like she's expedited the process. Leave us be. I want to be alone with her at the end. The man turns and leans over the creature. Cat reluctantly follows me as I move towards the stairs to leave the strange couple alone. We sit on top of our sleeping bags in silence. The moaning has ceased, but my mind races. We briefly discuss abandoning the strange seed and taking our chances with the haunted forest, but quickly disregard the idea and decide to wait to see how things play out. We jump when the hatch pops open and the man sticks his head through. He rests his elbows on the floor and looks at us with tired eyes. She's gone, he mutters. I need one of you to help me bring the body upstairs. Kat sighs and stands up. She knows me so well. I reluctantly stand up and grab her by the shoulder. I'll go, I say. Seriously? She replies. I walk over to the hatch without responding. What a time to get a backbone. I timidly follow the man back into the basement. The light of my flashlight rattles as my hand shakes uncontrollably, but I can still make out the creature, lying in the corner with its back to us. As I edge towards her, I tuck the light under my chin so that I can grab her shoulders and help lift her. Just as I bend down, the creature's head spins around, and her hazel eyes, wide and hysterical, meet mine. Duct tape is spread across her mouth. Before I can make a noise, strong arms restrain me, and a wet cloth is forcefully pressed over my mouth and nose. Why do you punk kids have to get involved in things that you don't understand? I can feel the man stubble against my ear, spittle flying from his lips as he whispers, his voice venomous. My feet begin to falter. The room spins. You actually thought that thing was Dr. Stewart? The man continues. That was my little experiment with some dumb young hiker and a wolf. Now I have two more dumb hikers to play with. How could you be so stupid? We were stupid. The story about the creature being his wife was just an elaborate ruse to separate us. I needed to warn Cat somehow. As I fall from consciousness, the sound of his voice fades in and out, like someone is playing with the volume knob on my brain stereo. My wife is sick and help her, but I admit that I enjoy this. As my mind and body pull away from reality, I try to reel myself back. This is my time, my time to be a man and act. With my last ounce of energy, I lunge forward and rip the cloth away from my mouth. I scream, or at least I think I scream. Run, Cat! He's crazy! The man grabs me around the throat, silencing me. That was a big mistake, young man. There is a moment of silence. As my mind fades out, I think I can hear Cat's feet running towards the front door. (laughs) 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Beasts of Jameson Forest was written by Jason Adair, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by DIY Synth Junk, Snapsplat.com, and Sam Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. Jay Adair is an office worker, music instructor, and writer. His work has appeared in 101 Words, the short humour site, Beneath the Rainbow, and will appear in the upcoming issue of Jitter. Jay's music with John Creedon and the Flying Hellfish and with Chad McCoy has been heard on CBC Radio in Canada. Nice. Again, a quick thank you to our latest patrons, these kings and queens from other dimensions, King Nathan Abimelech of Dimension X, Emperor David Tolbert from The Outside In, and Queen Leanne Bailey, who graces us from the land of far, far away. If there's any other royalty out there and they fancy gracing us, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge from as little as a dollar a month. We also have submissions open again, Beyond Death, Masks, and Haunted Art are our upcoming theme, so if you have a story in mind, go to www.hawkandcleaver.com forward slash submissions and read the guidelines there and get your stories in. Until next time. Hello, my name is Alex Markley, and I'm inviting you to check out my new podcast. It's a surreal sci-fi comedy series called The Unlikely Adventures of an Improbable Family. It's about a forlorn shell of a man, his egotistical laptop, a cartoon alien fuzzball, and a mysterious woman with telepathic abilities. You can find The Unlikely Adventures on the web at unlikely.show or wherever you find your podcasts. Give it a listen and let me know what you think. And thanks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.